Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Been There, Done That, Joy 94.9, Joy's History Program. Oh, with a couple, with three hysterical persons here at the moment in the studio. I oh. thought we were historical. Oh, oh, is, that what, is that how you pronounce it? I, I think so. We, we're more old than we are funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're very funny when we're organising the program, but, um, you know, we have to be very, very... Um, Sedate when we come in front of these microphones. Yes, we've got to be nice. We have to be nice. We don't want a pirate rating. No. They are. (laughs) Anyhow, who are you? Don't make me. Well, I'm Chris and I can't laugh today because if I laugh, I'll cough. Okay. I'm Phil and I can cough anytime. (laughs) Which might be any second. Oh, what a great. I am Gordon and I have got nothing wrong. But at the end of the show, you can cough as well. Oh, can I? Yeah. At the front yes, I know. Door. Yeah, with, the, with the, <laughs> another few words in front. Yes, that's right. Yes, the old one. Oh, there mm. we are. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Thanks very much for being with us. History. Mm, yes, we've got some local history. There's some international history. We've got political commentary. We've got some gay icons, icons and dicons to talk about and events in generally in our recent memory that we can talk about. We're a very mixed community, aren't we? We are. We're a show about stuff. Stuff? Stuff. Oh, right. Okay, well... There are shows about stuff all. (laughs) They've got a lot less content than we do. (laughs) Oh, look, please, I know we've got a new government in Canberra, Mm. but surely we can have certain things not regurgitated again. I thought we had solved the problem of gay conversion therapy. Oh, no, we haven't. Apparently, it was reported in the press that a um, Christian, um, gay Christian lobbyist and Amnesty International have um, tried to uh, present a petition to Mr. Um, Scott Morrison uh, about the having a bipartisan agreement to ban gay conversion therapies because, as they say, it uh, a lot of people kill themselves because of gay conversion therapies because they don't work. If they're Christians, they're taught that they're, they're being gay is, is not right. Mm. And um, if it doesn't work, they get very depressed and sort of... Um, do themselves in, you know, which is which is not good. It's a, and so someone is suggesting that in fact you can pray the gay away. You can't, you know. Well, well you, we all know that. That's the problem with the word believe. Mm. They can believe all the stuff. Well, I actually paraphrase paraphrase the Bible and believe the bits they want. Mm. So if you can believe that, you can believe that something that cannot be done can be done. 
that's probably true too. But they've they've had this huge petition that they've got um, signed. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have signed it, including some very, very, very well known um, academics and doctors and people in in the uh, community, like Karen Phelps, has signed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just want this to be done. But then again, you see, Mr. Morrison is a happy clapper from an evangelical yeah. uh, Christian group. So he is of and that he, extreme. Yes, and he doesn't. He, he voted against um, equal marriage for the uh, when we had that vote. Mm. He voted against it and uh, campaigned very strongly against it because of his um, beliefs. And um, I think he's going to have a bit of a problem getting this one through to him because I just don't think that they will have that um, thing that you can't, you're born the well, way you're born, you know. It's the not. World Health Organization, way back in 1950 or something like that, actually declared that homosexuality was not a, a disease. disease. Mm, mm, mm. It's a it's physical a, it's, si- it's state. A, it's a state that you're in, yes. It's, it's something, you're actually born the way you are you know you can hmm. you, you, it's, and it's just the problem red but, hair or not yeah but they don't believe this you know and of course it's, it's, I don't know whether it will come out in the uh, Christian thing that Philip Ruddock has done there's oh. another thing that we've got uh, that's going to be coming out to sort of be done but they're holding that back for some reason because it's apparently been done but they're not presenting it well, so, not before the election Not probably not before the election because it would mm. be a good way to lose mm. Mm. but these Conver- well, conversion people should watch A Clockwork Orange because there's an attempt at conversion in that film, which was rather controversial in its day. What was that, please, Phil? Well, he was extremely violent, or violent. Yeah. And they pinned him down, strapped him in a chair, forced his eyes open and made him watch intense violence and violent music, like wars and nuclear bombs going off. And it um, drove him nuts. <laughs> well, it so would do, wouldn't it? Yeah. So if they're sitting down a gay man and saying all of these reasons are why it's bad to be who you are, you can't possibly expect a positive outcome from that. No, no. But of course, there's been a few films. There's, I, I think you mentioned before, Philip, that there's one coming up Australian well, there's one out made. now. Oh. There's one out now, which is the misunderstand, mis, miseducation of Cameron uh, Post. Post, and that's um, I saw the an interview with the uh, leading young lady in that uh, on the television was on the Colbert show, which I had recorded and watched. Yeah. She was very intelligent about the way the movie was done, you know, and she was sent off to aversion therapy um, thing because she was found in the back seat of a car with her girlfriend. And the family decided that she had to have uh, con- conversion therapy. Mm. And I haven't seen the you show. You haven't but seen the film, no, so you don't no. know the. I end. don't know the ending of it, but apparently no. the ending comes out quite well. Apparently, yeah. So, um, but over the years, we've had electroshock therapy oh. and all sorts of things have been done to our community, mm. all without well, what I would call positive outcomes. When are they going to give up? Do we need a law to say? Stop doing this. It's inhumane and it's pointless. Well, it was definitely pointless at the time because nothing happened except that the people lost a lot of their ability to be who they were because of the shock therapy and stuff. It would seem that this is an opportunity 
for the alternative government to actually take a stand and say we will enforce this by regulation. That's exactly what Bill Shorten has said he will do if they become government. They will uh, be putting that through uh, through the parliament so to make it illegal to do this thing. But, but it's so basic though. What right do you have to make me change who I am because of what you believe? Yeah, but but it's well in the simple terms, it's none of your business. Truly, and take your religion and go worship somewhere else. But leave us alone. But 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 Philip, it's usually the young people that are put into this situation by their parents if they're religious religious people that they believe that you can be cured, and you you we know that you can't. But see, it's all based on the assumption that being gay is horrible, hmm. and the parents are trying to do the best thing and saying, "Well, we'll get the gay out." Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. of course they don't know because they haven't walked a mile in their kids' shoes. That's right. Hmm. And the kids have got enough trouble coming to terms with who they are. Yes. Oh. And and if you're being given, not even rejected, you've got all this negative stuff. And they'll see that their parents are saying, well, you're wrong. We have to fix you. That's not very loving. Well, you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. So well, the, the suicides as an outcome is, is no shock at all. No. Because if you're just put down and told that your being, what you are, is a sin... It's wrong. You're evil. You know, we have to change you because you have no value. That's horrible. Are there positive examples of kids coming out that would kids would see in, in film or video or TV? Chris, I think in, the, in today's age, um, a lot of young people already know somebody that's gay. Yeah. And that's where us being the older people can be good role models for people that do want to be live as they should be living and they can see that we are quite successful quite well adjusted people we're not we're not running around doing bad things you know and i think there are a lot of positive role models at the moment choice of Anne would be yeah very high on that list yeah uh, neighbors who we don't mention very often on this show have got a gay wedding this week oh right on the network that it's on yeah <laughs> um i don't watch but i see a lot of ads the i don't know anything about the characters but i think they're young a couple of young men a couple, a couple of young, young women no young men hmm. um i don't know names or anything about it but um that's coming up so there's a lot of our community in the public eye well hmm. we've had all the support through the yes campaign for marriage equality so yeah. we've got to maintain the momentum achieved through that. Yes, well, I think as I, I'm not sure whether I mentioned it last week when I was at the the um, last night of the MIFF with the film about the coming back out ball, where a couple of straight guys came up to me and said, "Oh, you have had to put up with hell, haven't you?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, you know." Yeah. And they didn't realise they, they they live in their own little world. They just think that this nothing was happening, you know. But yeah. um, when they saw it on the movie and all these people were talking about what they'd done, but yeah. So, but you cannot pray the gay away and you cannot do anything else. So just if you, somebody says you should go and pray the gay away, just tell them, I'm well, praying to be like I am. Yeah. Yes. And let's make it illegal. Yes, make it illegal to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have plenty of examples of married men who've been fathers and family men, but then once the kids are off their hand, he actually re-identifies his true gender. Chris, I did a few years of work with that at the AIDS Council 
running running um, sessions for people, uh, mostly married yeah. men who had come out of marriages. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it's uh, it's surprising the number of one of my very dear friends is uh, is has children, grown up children, of course. And when his uh, partner passed away, he uh, decided he better. Live his own life for a change. Yeah, mm. wow. Yeah, but we've go. got the same example here with women with children. Yeah. So quite common. A diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy. You're with Chris Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. Normally this time of the year I would be on holidays in Europe. Yes, we do um, realise that we have to keep working. Normally we would have had a bit of a break while you were away, but you you haven't been away. I think Gordon's complaining. <laughs> <laughs> whinge, whinge. Not that whinge. we don't love you, but go away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. what would you be doing in Europe this time of year? Well, I would be couch surfing at my friend's place in Munich. Oh, lovely city. It lovely, is a city. lovely city. Home of the 1976 Olympics. That's right. Uh, correct. And the colour television cameras that went to Channel 9 after the Olympics were used in Munich. Were they? Oh. That's a bit of trivia for today. Wow. <laughs> wow. So for presumably that. they went good Telefunken cameras. They were, and um, they had a slightly different look to the other channels. Just a, I'm not saying softer, but it was. You, you knew when you were watching Channel 9, put it that way. Oh, right. Oh. And it, I don't think it was because the cameras were second Because we use the same <laughs> system that they use in Europe, don't we? we yeah. don't well, not the, anymore. We're all digital now. Oh, we're all digital. All but but in those days, we were using... It the, was the PAL system. The PAL system. Not because they were friendly. No. It stood for phase alternating line. Oh, right. And the Americans used another... NTSC, which stood for the... Not the no, same not color. never the same <laughs> color. Same color, yes, because the color in their television was shocking. It was the national television, probably subcommittee or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but 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 we 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 have the best. We have always did have the best color system. With, with well, now Pal, with Pal, yeah, you know. we're pretty much all the same worldwide. around the world. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that I would be doing if I was in Munich at this time of the year would be considering whether I could go to Oktoberfest. But I hear you say it's, it's still September. only September. Yes. But Septemberfest hasn't got the same ring. No, no, no. Uh, on the 22nd and the 9th this year will be the opening ceremony of Oktoberfest 2018 in Munich. Mm. It's a, uh, It's the largest, the world's largest folk fest beer festival and travelling fun fair. It's held annually in Munich in Bavaria and it's a 16 to 18 day folk festival running with more than 6 million people from around the world attending the event every year. And don't they get rid of some beer? Well they do. <laughs> oh boy. And you certainly need to do it in the right sequence. You need to do the fun fair bits before you do the drinking bits, in case you have a technical <laughs> yawn. Oh. Well, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to go on some of those big dipper rides and all the rest of it if you've had a couple of a couple of those big. What are they, how they're about a liter or something? They are a liter. A liter uh, mugs. And they're of, called a mass. A mass, yes. And uh, it's very. They're comfortable to hold and carry. Yes. And you've seen the. The waitresses with their their folk costume on, mm -hmm. called the Durndal. Lots of frilly bits. <clears throat> and yes, they managed to carry a lot of those glasses of beer uh, from behind the tent 
to uh, to, to the, the tables. tables. Yeah, but, but I, I saw one place where there was a woman. She carried twenty of those things or something. Rather, how she ever managed to get her hands around the because they've all got handles. Yeah. But she had a very big bosom which she was balancing quite a few on <laughs> because they were all clutched together. <laughs> the yeah. uh, October Fest actually started out in eighteen ten. And it was King Ludwig I who married Princess Therese of Saxe-Hildburghausen on the 12th of October in 1810. And the citizens of Munich were invited to attend the festivities held on the fields in front of the city gates to celebrate the royal event. And the fields were named Theresienwiese, Therese's Meadow. In honour of the Crown Princess. So there's not and to be mistaken with Theresa Mastercard. Oh, well, I thought no, Theresa, Theresa Green. They or are. Theresa May. Well, actually, <laughs> Theresa Brown leaves the book green. <laughs> and the event, the annual event, has been kept ever since, except for a few 28 occasions during its existence when the Mudwin War and other events in place. Yes, we don't talk uh, about the war. No, but right, Emmanuel. <laughs> there have been horse races and all sorts of festivities, but the main thing is that they ele- they erect some very large tents mm-hmm. to protect them from the variable weather, and they set out the tables and the benches, and the interior of the tents have all these canvas dr- backdrops, which are folded down, and they represent the scenery as you would have on a stage. Hmm. So they are flies. Yep. So there's flies They're in flies. the tent. Yeah. Oh, good. <clears throat> and, and there's the breweries set up their own sort of tents, and tickets you have to be bought to go in there, and then you have to buy your beer, and they have tucker as well. It'd be something like Melbourne Cup Day here then, would it, with the breweries setting up their tents? And oh, all precisely, yes, precisely. Yeah. But after the first one, they must have enjoyed themselves so bloody much that they decided they'd have it next year. Oh, yeah. There's an excellent documentary called National Lampoon's European Vacation, where you can follow the exploits of the Griswold family, and they do stop at Oktoberfest, and uh, it's well worth seeing. It's hilarious. <laughs> King Ludwig I, it was his celebration, mm. but then he carked it, and King Ludwig II inherited the throne. Now, he wasn't particularly enthused with those sorts of activities, but he didn't stop them. They continued. But King Ludwig II had more interesting things in mind. Like building fairy castles. <laughs> No, all right then, yes. Those came out of his love of Wagner and Wagner's operatic-themed stories. And, yes, King Ludwig, the mad king of Bavaria, wasn't really all that mad. He was flamboyant, yes, and some would say that he was gay, as in capital G-A-Y. He... uh, he didn't hide his bushel. There was he also, light under the bushel. There was also another Bavarian that took control of it too in some very nasty ways too. Oh, true. That was that uh, Bavarian with a little moustache on, to, on exactly. under his little, just under his nose, Mr. Ha- Hitler. He, However, he, if you go to Bavaria, there are about seven or eight palaces, castles, 
memorable buildings that you can go and visit, all still resplendent in the glamour and glory that the Ludwig II built them in. Yes. Of course, he broke the... He broke the community. He broke the state's yeah, yeah. funds well, in the I was the going process. to ask, can the king just say, build me a fairy castle? Well, and they build it. I want that job. He's got the treasury. <laughs> he's got. He's in charge of the money that comes into the place. But the they, king was in the counting house counting all his money. money. Yeah, that's right. But it was. It's a. It's a. It's a fun time. I, I, you have to admit, it's a fun time. The Oktoberfest because everybody's there to have a have a good time. You know, they're not there to be. Um, no, no, doing anything these, stupid. You know, yeah. that, like they do here. You know, if you had a thing like that here in Australia, they'd be. It would be the, the, just the not beer is brewed to the German recipe hmm. of four components only, none of which are preservatives. Right, and it's the preservatives that can give you a headache. Because we have an Oktoberfest here in Melbourne too. It's out Dandenong Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the German the German community have their have one. their yeah. have their one in October. I think I think they actually use October as their. Um, Oktoberfest yeah. rather than September, like they do in Germany. But the Germans would still get very tipsy, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, oh they're yeah. Not, they're not driving but they home. They sing a lot. <laughs> they have the, they have all the, they the don't little. Get aggro. No, they have music. They have the um, squeeze box. People walking around. They play all the German folk tunes, and everybody exactly. sings. And they they have a damn good time. And it's a dress up occasion because oh, yes, you the, put the, your... the, the women go in their drindles, they mm. with the Czech blouse. Mm. Um, the and men, big skirts. The men with the Lidenhosen. Exactly, mm-hmm. the leather trousers. Mm-hmm. Which is good because other men come up and kick you on the bum mm. in that slap dance. So that's slap dancing, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, if you, so if you want to see what, a little what it would be like in Munich, go out to the Oktoberfest here out in Dandenong when it's on. It's on yeah. It'll be on next month, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And for the smallest part of Bavaria, go to a BMW showroom. That's there. That's yes. pretty much all we've got to offer That's in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you see flags with blue and white diamond pattern, that's the Bavarian, Bavarian flag. flag. And uh, yeah, people will. I've seen people walking around Melbourne all dressed up in lederhosen and drindles. Mm. So, are they well known for a particular chocolate dessert in Bavaria? Not Am I remembering? necessarily. Bavarian uh, Black Forest Bavarian cake, cake. Yeah, probably in that area. But yeah. They have a. They have a. They, uh, I don't know whether they must do. Might do something with chocolate. I would think. Because I'd go to that. Because I wouldn't go to Oktoberfest because I'm not into beer. Oh right. But imagine swimming in chocolate. Oh yeah. Or am I thinking of Willy Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> Could be something like. That. You're on Joy. Been there, done that. Gordon, Phil, and Chris. Joy.org.au, where our diverse communities can come together across the nation, across the globe. Joy. You're with Phil, Gordon and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. It's about time to open up the anniversaries book, gentlemen. Oh, what? Oh, what? What, what, what anniversary are we what, going what, to be having what? this week? Well, it's not James Watt. Oh, isn't it? No. <laughs> oh, he invented the steam engine, didn't he? What? what that's what, not, what, very, what, not what? very powerful. Oh. <laughs> Three watts. Yeah. Thank you indeed. We've run out of jokes there, hopefully. Uh, 24th of August, 1957, a very recent birth was Stephen Fry, the UK actor, comedian, presenter, author, and... Out gay man. 
Well, well and truly Well out. and truly, so far out he's not in. But do you see him on the TV? Oh, he, he had that QA, QI, QI uh, quiz show for many, many years. Which I've, stood for what? Quite, quite interesting. That's right. Yes, it wasn't quite, Q, QI wasn't quota intelligence or something rather. No, intelligent quotient. It, IQ, IQ. IQ was an intelligent quotient. But it was quite interesting. But he also did some very, very, very good documentaries about different parts of the world. He did one, a very good one on the Amazon. He did one, I think he came to Australia and did one somewhere along the line too. But he's he's um very, very interesting man to listen to. And he's just, well, a couple of years ago, married his um, long-time partner. Yeah. Yeah. So, But he's a very interesting man. Very interesting He's got man. a distinctive voice and he's... Been um, in jail. Oh, yeah. He was, he, he, he was, he, he had um, credit card fraud way but, back when. But once he struggled with his homosexuality during his teenage years at public school and by his own account did not engage in sexual activity for 16 years from 1979 until 95. And when asked when he first acknowledged his sexuality, Fry quipped, I suppose it all began when I came out of the womb. I looked back up at my mother and thought to myself, that's the last time I'm going up one of those. <laughs> <laughs> one of his, one of his boomtish, yeah. indeed boomtish. Fry married comedian Elliot Spencer in January 2015. It looks like as though a certain cat has been let out of a certain bag. I'm very happy, of course, but had hoped for a private wedding. Fat chance. Mm, but he 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 was one of those people that suffers um, from depression as well. He's, He's a bipolar. Ma- bipolar. Mm. That That's probably gets why he gets these absolutely brilliant things, ideas, and does them. But also he can fall in a terrible... Back, back down again. Oh, mm. yes, mm. because bipolar is a series of ups and downs. Well, that's what... Unless it's managed by managed medication, by medication. And then the highs are not so high and the lows are not so deep. If you, if you want a complete high, when you get these wonderful ideas and emotions, like some of the great art has been done by bipolar people, and when they've been up there, they've been able to make magnificent paintings and all the rest of it, but when they're down, they can't do it. it it's a chemical imbalance, mm. and that can be adjusted with, with medicine. But um, I find with my depression, it's not there to make you feel better, but it stops some of the really negative thoughts. Yep. It puts them in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bipolar used to be called manic depression, which is actually a better description of what they would go through because the manic would be the, the super highs and depression speaks for itself. I think that the word manic depression is a bit off-putting, so I think that's why they call well, it bipolar. It, yeah, I think bipolar is... Well, I don't nice, want to say politically correct. No, it's, it's, it's a nicer way of describing yeah. what it is. Yes, I think that's possibly right. There are so many famous people that have, uh, have been bipolar. Many famous people in all walks of life. Yeah, well, they're, they're, it's a bit like gay people. They're just people. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. But it's... Um, you don't have to be special. Uh, and, and it's good now that we actually have medicine and professional people who know their job that can identify and manage people. Manage, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, we, we could go back to our first opening little chat where we're talking about pray the gay away hmm. um, you can't do that doctors with depression and scientific people they usually have uh, a series of tests to prove their hypotheses and I don't know whether those tests actually work terribly well 
uh, when you've got faith, I don't know. I mm. just don't know. Mm. It, it, it seems as though they don't. But at any rate, some, people, some people's uh, depressions can be managed, which is great for them. I would, I, I would be... Oh, I would hate to imagine being in the depths of depression and then not knowing that there was mm-hmm. a way out. Yes, well, a, fr- a friend of mine, he was um, he, he he had very bad depression and he finished up. He had to have the uh, had the pills that the, or the medication that gave him, but it it calmed him sat down so far and stopped him from doing things that he was just functional. Almost, it was hard to have a chat with him, you know. Yeah, well, that's over-medication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you feel like you're suffering, you can go to your GP and they have just key questions that they will ask you and you can be diagnosed in five minutes. I bet they they don't ask you who the Prime Minister of Australia is. No, because no one could get that right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it changes from week to week almost. (laughs) Someone else round about born, uh, sorry, he was having a birthday on the 26th of August, two days later, but he was born in 1904, is the uh, the UK-US author Christopher Isherwood. He's died in 1986, but his books and stories live on. Yes. Of course, his most famous thing, of course, is um, I Am a Camera, which um, featured a little bit about the prostitute that was in one paragraph in the book and they made a whole movie and a show out of it and everything, Sally Bowles. Yeah. yeah she's only mentioned in the paragraph once about this, a little bit about Sally Bowles and they made cabaret out of it. Mm. Wow. Mm. And that was his 1951 book, I Am a Camera. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he, he was a resident of Germany uh, back in the pre-war years of 1935 to 39 when Germany was super liberated uh, in all manner of bits and pieces. Yeah, he, he lived there for many, many years. He was a very, he was a real, how that, Germanophile, would you yeah. say that? Yeah. And, and he just loved Germany and loved to live there. But when, he, when Hitler, the rise of Hitler started, he thought he'd better get out. Mm. But he, he wasn't Jewish, but he just no. didn't want to be living there. You know? oh, well, he could see the writing, writing on, on the wall. wall exactly. Mm. Um, which is what we talk about graffiti, the writing on the Writing's wall. Writing's on the wall. However, in these pre-war years, he was drawn to Berlin by its reputation for sexual freedom. And there, here oh, I'm reading from a little document, he... in inverted commas in quote marks fully indulged his taste for pretty youths yes because in in britain at the time it was totally and utterly um looked down upon totally frowned upon being gay in those days you know you couldn't uh, you know it was a criminal offense and it's uh, you go to jail and do all sorts of weird and wonderful things in britain but in america in germany they didn't seem to worry about it so much until hitler came along and then said that they couldn't do it but most of his High-ranking officials were gay themselves. Yeah, uh, he left Berlin in the early thirties, and he and his little friend Heinz moved around Europe and lived in Copenhagen, in Portugal, and elsewhere. And uh, the young lad Heinz was arrested as a draft ev- evader, and he was ejected from Luxembourg as an undesirable alien. Mm. So. Convicted of reciprocal onanism. Mm-hmm. 
whatever that might be. Masturbation. Well, yes, self-love, I think, is mm, the mm, polite mm, expression. Yeah, but that's not reciprocal. It is when there's two people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stop it. I'm so naive. <laughs> oh, golly I'm that oh. poor guy that put baked beans in his eyes and could see everything through hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you indeed. Yes, so all these stories, his own life experiences, were wrapped into his books so mm. if you actually see them on the shelves grab them yeah, and read them they would be very interesting he was a very good author actually he wrote some very interesting books but then when he moved to america he became really quite famous for being um christopher isherwood is that because he rarely said no <laughs> would you do it well christopher isherwood <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much thank you <laughs> But, but he had a, a wonderful existence in the US oh, as yes, well. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he picked up another young lad over there. But, I think they are about a generation apart in age. But he, they were together to the end. They were. Mm. His friend of that time became a successful artist with an independent reputation and his uh, portraits of the dying Isherwood become well known after Isherwood's death. Yep. And... They lived in Santa Monica, and Isherwood died actually of prostate cancer. So there you are. That's nothing new, and it's yeah out there, out there. But um, his, if you ever want to read um, an interesting sort of almost history of uh, one part of the life in Germany, I am a camera. It's all about his life in Germany. Mm. You could read it and see what develops. Yes, that's right. I was framed. <laughs> You're keeping them up there, Philip, today. You're yeah. doing very, very well. Oh, the medication's wearing off. <laughs> <laughs> You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Love Radio. Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Take us with you anywhere. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy, 94.9. We're coughing well in the studio today. We, we, we really are coughing, coughing so well. Yes, <laughs> Thank yes. you indeed. Uh, a little bit of history, Australian history. What have we got to talk about that's happened round about this time? Well, it I makes wonder. no sense. We dumped them, number ones and number twos. <laughs> We've done that before too. <laughs> Which is good because the price of copper has gone through the roof in the last few years. It's and there's no them. way we could have had a one cent piece worth one cent. For the younger people who might be listening... There were, in fact, smaller coins than the five-cent piece. That's if you still use coinage. I think the the five-cent piece will probably be disappearing one of these days Well, they're soon. talking about taking it out of circulation because that's costs. I think every five-cent piece costs something like about 10 cents to make or something, you know, so um, they're trying to get rid of those as well. But, of course... I think technology is going to overwhelm well, those sort of actions because these days, most of my transactions these days are by card. Well, this is yours. That, yeah, well, I was reading an article about that, uh, how they're saying that the, I think it's something like about 70% of, of all transactions are done by card and it's only the very elderly who still prefer to pay by cash. Mm. Well, I, I have a little bit of cash always on me. Mm-hmm. There I are a few that. smaller outlets and maybe takeaway shops yes which still require a, a cash payment because yeah. they can't afford the the, the, the margin yeah the, the charges that the cards charge yeah. you to use them yes so cash might be around for a very long time but i'd say before my lights are turned out people will have chips embedded in their wrist and you can just run your hand over the 
but what is yeah. now a card reader. Mm. Well, I think there's an advert on TV at the moment where sh- someone is showing their, their black ring on their finger, and that's their cash card. Yeah, your pre-loaded. Apple Watch and yeah. so many things in your phones can you know, automatically well, scan. Well, there, there is a man walking around Melbourne that has a chip in his hand. Oh, as well as on his shoulder? Yeah, yes, but no, it's a chip in his hand to open his front door open it, and do things in the house. He had it inserted into the... Somewhere in his wrist. My doggy's everything. got a microchip. Yeah, well, that's good oh, because yeah. the, if he gets lost, he knows where to go. Well, he, he won't know where to go. <laughs> no, when he if he was to get lost, somebody would just take him home and love him. Yeah. Oh, good. We're still making the most incredible notes in our currency, which is another thing too. The design of our currency now, our notes, is notes, so secure, so secure that they can't be altered. You cannot make them. We had some counterfeit fifty-dollar notes a couple yeah, of weeks but, ago with Chinese writing on them. <laughs> I don't know how widely spread those guys got. They were demonstration notes for overseas countries oh. for tellers to recognise the well, Australian thing. Our note system is being sold in many, many countries all yeah. around the world because and it is produced it, in Gr- at Craigburn, uh, mm, yeah, just out the road. On the third of September, nineteen o one, the Australian flag was flown for the first time. And boy, is it tired! Oh yeah, <laughs> flapping, is, flapping ever since. Flapping ever since. Well, we're changing everything else. I suppose it's about time we change the. Cake. That is on the cards, isn't it? They want to take take the um, Union Jack out of the. Or the corner. union, the union flag. It's well, not, I guess it's, when we break up with the Queen, we'll do that. It's not a jack until it's put on a ship. Mm. That's the only time it's the union jack. Other than that, it's the union flag. And the first Australian flag actually had a red background, uh, not yes. a blue mm. background. And then they changed it to blue. I think Robert Menzies changed it to blue. Then they used the red for government and the, the blue for everybody else. And oh. the white was for the navy. The white end, there was white, red and blue ensigns. I used to be a naval inspector, but it got hit in the head way too often. They seem to object to them just randomly coming up and checking their navel. <laughs> yeah, that flag was designed by competition as well. But the finalists all came down to the same concept of a, the Union flag in one corner and the Southern Cross in the rest of the flag. Yes. We can have a piece of music to go out with, mm-hmm. uh, but it's for someone who has a birthday or on the 5th of September. He was born in 1946. He's uh, sadly gone from this world, died in November in 1991. We're talking about Freddie Mercury, the UK pop star and lead singer in the band Queen. A wonderful singer wonderful. and a marvellous talent. And he could work an audience of 100,000 with one finger. He mm. just had total control of them. He died in 24th of November 1991, aged 45, yep. of AIDS-related bronchial pneumonia. Yes, he had. There was another person who didn't admit his no, gayness. He, 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 he didn't come in out fact, until quite late in life. Yeah. for a certain amount of time there, mm. which just shows that you can be pansexual as well. I think he was fairly well up to his circle, because it'd be hard not to be. But to the general public, like as an official title, yeah, he, he in those avoided days it. They, were, they didn't come out as being gay, they were bisexual. Once AIDS hit, being yeah. gay was a, 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 a... Yeah, the stigma and all the rest yeah. of it went with it, yeah. yeah. Mercury was a skilled showman, as you said, Phil. He knew how to entertain audiences and how to connect with them. He liked to wear costumes, often featuring skin-tight spandex, 
and strutted around the stage encouraging fans to join in the fun. Artistic in nature, but Mercury also involved uh, actively in the designing of art for many of the group's albums. Spandex manufacturers must have gone out of business when Freddie passed away. (laughs) Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.